Please open the precious, perfect, inspired Word of God in English this morning to Psalm 119. This morning I want to build your confidence in and your love for the very words of God. Any, uh, any, uh, what's the word, any duplication of verses or efforts uh, so far or later on in this service, I doubt it's by accident. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ promoted his words yes. as we're about to see, and we should be very thankful we have them in our laps this morning. Yes. I recall with great encouragement to myself, remembering Zach when he first, first visited our congregation, and I listened to him speak for just a few minutes, and I said, that's a man that loves the word of God, because you could tell every other sentence or every sentence had phrases from the word of God in how he thought and how he spoke. And then I saw his Bible come out of his pocket, and I realized, yeah, that's a man that loves the Word of God. He uses the Word of God. Amen. It's a great encouragement to me. I know uh, Newell loves this, uh, loves this psalm, Psalm 119, as much as Zach does, and it's a great encouragement to me. Let's all love the God uh, of the Bible and love the words of God together with those two yes. brothers. Amen. If I haven't uh, mentioned it already, please turn to verse 41. In Psalm 119, and while you're turning, let me read these three refresher scriptures about the importance of the Word of God. Psalm 138, 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Yes. Amen. That's pretty high. Yes. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. Amen. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. That's right. Luke 4 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Right. Amen. We believe our English King James Bibles to be scripture, just as much as the copies and translations and copies of translations that were studied by Paul by the Ethiopian eunuch, yes. by the Bereans, yes. and by Timothy. Amen. Did all these folks have originals? No. Did any of these people have originals? Of course not. We believe in the preservation of Scripture as much as we believe in the inspiration yes. of Scripture. Right. We take this precise approach to Bible study from the instruction of Jesus himself. Jesus said that every jot and tittle in Scripture were important. Yes would be fulfilled, and should be obeyed. Amen. Matthew 5.18, Jesus speaking, for, I, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Amen. Jesus said, one jot and one tittle shall not pass till all be fulfilled. I direct your attention, if you have the titles, the Hebrew subscript titles to the sections of Psalm 119, I'll direct your attention to the subscript above verse 41 and above verse 49. This was mentioned by our pastor briefly in passing a few weeks ago, and I'll remind us all of it. If you have a subscript above verse 41, that is the Hebrew letter vow, however you say it in English, and it looks almost like a seven, just one pen stroke, seven. If you look above verse 49, it looks sort of like a T, a capital T. It's two pen strokes, though. Do you see the difference between what looks like a seven in English and maybe what looks like a capital T in English? The, you can hardly see the difference, but the difference 
is the one little overhang to the right of that first horizontal stroke. That, my friends, is a tittle. That's a tittle. It is repeated again above verse 25 in Daleth and above verse 153 in Resh. That's another example. Just a little short millimeter of a pen stroke is a tittle. If you look across your page to verse 73 of Psalm 119, the subscript above that verse is a jot. It looks like a comma or apostrophe. Just a little, that's the smallest Hebrew letter, is a jot. Jesus said, one jot and one tittle shall not pass from law until all be fulfilled. That is how perfect and precise this book is and to what degree we can trust its preservation. Jesus declared that all his words will be fulfilled with absolute certainty. Jesus taught that scripture cannot be broken while he was making an argument to the Pharisees from a single four-letter word, God's, as we'll see again in a few minutes. We see example after example in scripture of doctrinal arguments being made from single letters, single words, verb tenses, and instruction drawn from precise arrangement of just a few words. Therefore, we believe we should study every word and grammatical construction with great care, for we understand by faith that we are reading and studying the very words that God intended for us to have in English. With that backdrop, brothers, I present Psalm 119, verse 41 through 48. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. David needed much mercy, a variety of mercy, for many situations and for many years. Thus he prayed for mercies, not just mercy. Trust that plural. He needed mercy from God, not from man. Thus he prayed for thy mercies. Trust that word. The same God who said, let there be light, can also say, let there be mercy. Amen. Excellent. David says, even thy salvation. Can we not agree that salvation is the crown and the chief of all God's mercies to us? What a complete salvation we find in Jesus Christ. What a complete salvation revealed in his perfect word. That is why it is not only important for us to understand, but to delight and enjoy, because this truly is a love letter written about your salvation to you. Verse 42. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. I hear scoffers saying, where is thy God? Guess what? In the word of God, we have answers. We have answers to them that reproach, and sneer and scoff. Yes. yes. For our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. We're also told God is a very present help in time of trouble. It is through his word that we have answers to those that would mock us. Perhaps just as importantly, we have answers to the doubts and accusations that arise within our own hearts. Psalm ninety four nineteen says, and I take uh, comfort that Ryan reminded me of this verse many months ago. In the multitude of thy thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. What a blessing to have truth answers. Verse 43, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. God is the author of hope through his word. Hope. It is a fitting and appropriate thing for us to entreat him and to expect him to do what he says he will do by his judgments uttered and promises uttered in Scripture. 
Judgments are simply the working out of his thoughts and intentions that he proclaims in Scripture. It is in these judgments that we, his sheep, are protected, defended, cared for, and nourished. Yes. What hope do we have yes. in his words? Yes. Here's just a couple of small examples of the hope found in his word. Hosea 14, I will heal, heal their backslidings. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. Here we find hope for healing, restoration, and love. Yes. How about John 14? He that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him yes. and will manifest myself to him. Yes. How about hope for a relationship with God? Right. How about this? Mr. Cutler, I refer to you. Jesus himself said in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's a big statement. Jesus said that about himself after he res was resurrected from the dead as proof of God's accepting of his sacrifice. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. What do you need that is outside the scope of this verse? Nothing. All power. We have hope in his word. Verse 44, so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. Yes. When I hear this verse, I think of purpose. Living a life of purpose, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength, is another good example of that purpose. Once we have understood and experienced this power and love, his abiding truth, our immediate and only reaction is obedience. Let us live a life of purposeful obedience to God's law. Verse 45, and I will walk at liberty. For I seek thy precepts, liberty, freedom. Many folks cannot think past the, the thought that freedom means you can do whatever you want to do. Let's think higher. Let's think higher. Yes, yes we're thankful to be Americans. We are more thankful to be Christians. Amen. Think higher than personal freedom. How about freedom from our poverty, our broken hearts, our captivity, and our sins and our wounds? How about freedom and the glorious liberty of the children of God? Yes. How about the matters of liberty provided for in the gospel for us. How about deeper than that? How about freedom from sin and death? Amen. I hear Romans 6 telling me, yes. but now being made free from sin and but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Amen. That is real liberty and it's found in his word. Right. Verse 46. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. I read in this verse confidence and courage. Yes. Perhaps one of the greatest gifts of liberty is the freedom from the fear of man, isn't it? Yes. And it's found in his word. Freedom from the fear of man. David's son Solomon said, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. As king... David surely knew the tendency of men to sacrifice their religion for, for politics and favor. David resolved to be nothing like this. Right. Psalm 119, verse 47. I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Yes. This verse is perhaps, and the next one is perhaps the reason I picked this uh, section to talk about. Delight in God's commandments. Yes. Friends, here is the mark of a real Christian. Yes. How often do I, do we think of God's commandments as a series of God's restrictions, his boundaries, his limitations withholding us from things we'd rather be doing, but we can't. It's a list of rules we can't break. That's how we think of it. 
That's our wicked nature and our sin nature coloring the Word of God. No, the words of God are His commandments and therefore our life. Therefore, our, let's love them. Let's delight in them. Therefore, our safety. We are in desperate need of this guidance because the danger is terrible and it's real and it's eternal. Let's love these boundaries. Here, these verses from Psalm 32, and I love these because it speaks to my nature. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. Now listen. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest he come near unto thee. Why does God have to do that? Don't be a mule. Delight in his commandments. Don't make him get out the bit and bridle. He knows how to use it. Let's delight in his commandments. Let's run in the way of his commandments. Verse 48 is similar. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Let's have an attitude of worship, highest regard, reverence, appreciation, adoration. Yes. Think of, I think, when I think of this verse, I think of First uh, Chronicles 16, 29, which David partially quote, quotes twice in his Psalms. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Right. Let's lift up our hands unto his commandments and love them. So what has the Lord just promised us in his word just in these eight verses? It's an impressive list. Here it is. Mercy. Mercies. Answers. He's promised us hope. He's promised us purpose. He's promised us liberty. He's promised us confidence. He's promised us delight. Doesn't everybody you meet want these things? Yes. Sure. But how do you get them? The last two verses, love God's commandments. Yes. Delight in them. Meditate on them. Fit them in your lips. Think, speak in terms used in Scripture. Pray using the words of Scripture. I've heard more people do that here just recently. They're perfect preserved. They have hidden meaning just for us that the rest of the world doesn't know. Every one of us that can read ought to read and should commit ourselves to reading and spending just a few minutes a day reading God's perfect words this next year. Yes. Right. We have the tools. They are our life. Let's be people of the book. Amen. 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 Amen.